Welcome to the 551 Podcast. My name is Wes Berdine. I am joined yet again, live in person, in my dining room. The cat is a little bit uh, more sane because we found Turtle finally. Uh, total jerk, Turtle. Um, but with me is Corey Shreppel and Mark <laughs> Fangmeyer. Rodrigo Sanchez Cheveria cannot be with us tonight. He might be able to show up later, but he's at a... Uh, a, a crazy day, so we will uh, we'll we'll do our best to uh, talk about uh, the the legacy of Argentina and Maradona and uh, how much <laughs> Bo- Bolsonaro sucks and, and uh, how much better Chilean Pisco is yeah. than Peruvian Pisco. Yeah, we will my definitely time, talk about that. My time has come. He's gonna he's gonna Kool Aid man through the through the wall. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Um, all right, we've got uh, on this podcast, we are going to talk about one of the worst Minnesota United games we've seen in quite a long time. We'll talk about the Euros. Uh, we'll talk about um, dumbass racists and, uh, and you know, have generally a good time with all of it. Um, let, me, let me start today by talking about the good, the bad, and the weird. The good, Italy wins in PKs over England. Was it ever in a doubt? We all knew that Italy was going to win this in PKs, right? Yeah. From yeah. the beginning. Yeah. Just like that guy in 2013 who tweeted about uh, uh, after the the last whatever Euro was, he was like, oh, yeah, the year is, the year is 2020 and England lose to Italy on PKs in the Euro final. And it was dated 2013, and someone was like, "Who is this oracle?" Like he's. If he would have said it's the year 2021, and then <laughs> and there was a pandemic in England in the in the 2020 Euro, that would have been. That would oh have been my god! Creepy. It's yeah. like, who are you, and why are you Bruce Willis in that time travel movie? Yeah. Twelve monkeys. No. What? what no, the one with the um the chick with the with red the hair, Jordan Joseph Gordon Levitt. The oh 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 yep yep. yep. Yeah, we know everyone, it. We all know the name of it. Listening right now is yelling the name of it. Uh-huh. Yep. Screw you yep. guys. Thanks, yeah. thanks everyone. We're um, not going to say it. We're not going to say it. You got to yeah. say it to us, and yep. we won't mm-hmm. be able to hear it. That's how podcasts work. Uh, <laughs> it's a two-way conversation. <laughs> <laughs> all right, the Euros. Before we, well, let's go back in time. Before uh, England is killed, and uh, and someone has to avenge them. Um, uh, the your best moment from the Euros, or your favorite thing from the Euros this year. Uh, mine was probably, uh, Denmark, just what they did after how bad, like they were 45 minutes into the euros and everything, the worst case scenario happened. The the best player on the team, best player on the team has a heart attack. It has to be like shocked to come back to life on the pitch, like terrible. And then they're kind of forced by UEFA to like play Five or six hours later, yeah, and then after, and then and they lose. So you're like, oh god, like, yeah. I just kind of saw that as like, I just don't see this group stage going well, especially seeing who they were yeah. playing against after. Yeah, they play Finland. Belgium then, and and like, yeah. and so seeing them come to, and then look fantastic after those first two group matches. Yeah, and just, I mean, as a neutral, you couldn't ask for anything more than following them and cheering for them. It was great. I. I also love Denmark, and that was going to be my answer. So I'm just kind of spitballing here. But um, just a couple like standout youth players, uh, Pedri for Spain. I thought mm-hmm. he looked amazing. I think everybody kind of concurs with that. Like his passing rate, his vision, all that stuff. Spain kind of sucked, but it is nice to see 
a breakout from a youth player in on on this kind of stage and and that's you know because we're we're talk, we're about to talk about Messi and we're talking about like Ronaldo mm-hmm. who's uh you know 87 years old now and it's it's yeah, who's nice. the Mbappe yeah of this, yeah of because this because right? Erling Holland is not going to be playing in the Euros yeah you know maybe once every six Euros I'm, but I don't know I, Norway are not actually that bad of a team and and like they should sure. get into a Euros yeah, that yeah. has 75 teams sure so it's like we're not going to see a lot of those players. And so like who is, and so it's nice to see like these younger players start to take advantage of these stages. Yeah. Um, so it's nice. It's because, you know, you, you wonder what's going to happen when a lot of these classic players start retiring. Also one thing just to point out, Spain made it to a semifinal. I don't think we can say they sucked. They were just I, terrible they to were, watch. They were terrible. Know, they, they were not interesting to watch No, at all. but they still were successful. They had a very good sure. tournament. Yes. They, they, yeah, they, they're a team that knows how to play a knockout tournament. I'll give them that. But they, were, they, were, they played like butt in the group stage. You hear that? Butt, Spain. Yeah. Oh, I have to say, since Rodrigo's not here, fucking conquerors. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I guess I'll, I'll say my favorite thing was, was Czech Republic in that uh, they completely surprised people of like, oh, maybe they could be okay. And um, they they weren't killers by any means. They still are a team who you can only name a couple of their, their players. But um, as, a, as a Czech and a Dane, among 13 other things, I was very proud of the 113th. Of, uh, or I guess it would be a two thirteenth of my heritage <laughs> there. Um, uh, so the other part of the good, well, I'll, actually, I'll save that for the weird. The bad is uh, the English fans who broke into the stadium. Then fights broke out. The amount of racist abuse heaped on English players who they get they boo them at the beginning of the uh, tournament. Then they cheer them, and they're like, "Oh, they we expect you to bring home." Um, and then, and then abusing uh, abusing the players. It, it's a uh, you know, obviously, it's sick. We all have many uh-huh. English friends yeah. who are great people, and yeah. lots of those English players are very. Uh, I, I I don't think there's other than like Phil Foden, who's easy to make fun of. Well, yeah, and he's probably a very nice boy. Yeah. Uh, it's, it is a much more interesting team to cheer for, a much more positive team yeah. to cheer for. Um, I typically hate Italian teams, mm-hmm. uh, but golly, the, 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 there's not much to cheer for with the English fans here. It's, it, that, that's exactly right. Like it's, it's just the wild swings from the fringes, or I don't even think it's that. I don't even think it's the fringes. I think it's a very large portion of the English fan base. And the players come out against against that behavior. They come out against that rhetoric. Um, the players are all very inclusive. The, 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 the kind of, although, you know, now you look at, so like Marcus Rashford, Mr. PK, being racially abused, along with Jaden Sancho and um, Saka. And the mural of... There's a, a mural of Marcus Rashford for after he went to bat for uh, child hunger and all this stuff uh, amidst the pandemic. Racially abused. Like, it got tons of, like, racial graffiti. And then now it's just this incredible, um, like, words of praise and support. And so it's like they're simultaneously the worst bunch of fans 
but also there's a lot of really yeah. great. But like, where's that second bit? Like, you only get that second bit when the first half. Well, and and I, I do want to say, you know, from the beginning. It has always been when we've talked about dark clouds and building a soccer culture in Minnesota and these things is if we are so upfront about this has no place, not just this has no place, but we are going to be not just um, trying to, to not be racist, but proactively stamping it out and then yeah. proactively finding ways to further anti-racism. Yep. If you do that, then people, they won't be there, right? They're... And that happened, you look at this in Minnesota, This and I'm using this analogy just because I know Minnesota soccer culture so well and the, the supporters here, you look at the people who are just so mad about that all the time, who just live, the cockroaches who live on Reddit and in Instagram comments and are so mad. And it's like they have no, they have no place in the supporters groups. No. They can go cry uh, somewhere else and be mad about these uh, other people but that's what you have to do. You have to alienate the people so that you have no, this is no place here. There's no outlet You're not for welcome it. to support these these players yeah. with me. I'm going to support uh, Marcus Rashford and these players, and you go go watch fucking cricket or something like that. Um, and that, so I think I think finding ways, it's very hard to do that when you've got decades, a century of culture, and it is such a mainstream thing in England. Yeah. But um, yeah, they need to stamp it out, and yep. um, and American fans need to stamp that shit out too. There's lots of American outlaw fans who, my you know, my first in, in introduction to them before the uh, 2010 World Cup, I believe, was a game in Philadelphia. So it's Philly fans. Ugh. It's a it, it was the last friendly. It was against Turkey. Philly fans against Turkey, and they're just like stupid. It was a stupid, not even clever barb about like we've got nuclear bombs or something like that and they found him made it make it like a clap thing it was like really i mean it is the, it is like that 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 venn diagram of philly fans and, yeah. and <laughs> yeah. awful american fans this is coming from a philadelphia eagles fans so yeah, yeah. We, hey listen we punch horses we love it it's great so uh let's let's uh, skip that and or move on to the the weird, which is also a good. Lionel Messi wins his first international trophy. Uh, congratulations to Messi on uh, on being a, a, a good player. But um, but the weird is um, post match, he was celebrating, just did the trophy thing, walking around the field. It's kind of the stadium's kind of empty, and all of a sudden. He's just um, his fist bumping, his Scooby, fist bumping Doo. Scooby Doo, and um, there's pictures of it. And what was Scooby Doo doing there? Have we investigated this? This should be we should get the Scooby Doo to investigate why Scooby Doo was there. <laughs> yeah, I, it, it it doesn't matter. But but Jeff Ruder, wait, oh, someone found something. It says Pybe is a brown dog with a white spot on the right eye. It is a, also a cheerful little dog with a long tongue. Wait, what is this? My fam and I were wondering what animal the mascot was. Oh, this is pointless. This is not Scooby Doo related. Why would you be the top, the first commenter on this tweet if you? Anyway, so anyway, Jeff Reuter had his his comment was: Imagine being that close to Messi, getting to congratulate him on the crowning achievement of his international career, and you're in a Scooby Doo costume. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I mean, I, you got to you got to take your I, opportunities I, when you have them, right? Yeah, I'm pretty disappointed Messi didn't take it off. And then the then the the old man who had thwarted him all these years would be, and I would have gotten away with it if it weren't for you Argentinian kids. 
All right. We will come back and we will talk about uh, Minnesota United, I guess. Part two of the 55-1 podcast. We'll talk about uh, like the little bit of uh, Minnesota United news at the end because uh, there were Twitter questions about Chris Wright and uh, stepping down or stepping down as, as president, right? So they're going to find a new president. It's a three-year plan, man. We'll talk about that um, at the toward the end of the podcast. The little bit of news is that Patrick Wea is going to Real Batiste to train for two weeks. These are pretty common things, right? Young players get out there. They do that. Um, it, it'll be very good for him. I would not read too much into it. Although, um, you know, someone, when they saw this news, Alex Schieferdecker messaged me and was like, man, you were really spot on when you said that, uh, that after impressing in 15, a 15 minute, uh, go, he would be immediately never heard from again. Yep. And, uh, well, yeah, I think, uh, I think I was very right about that. Um, Tevez watch. Let's hit some Tevez watch. Oh, man, there are some reports out of Argentina that Tevez is making his final run at the grand old age of 64. Uh, he's going to be coming north to MLS. And because we have – actually, we technically have – because didn't Fragapani play like four matches for Boca, I think? We sure. technically have three Boca veterans – on our roster right now. Yeah, it's Boca Seniors. We're, we're, and we're... so uh, he is uh, stateside right now. Uh, the rumors are that he's either coming to uh, Minnesota United, Inter-Miami, or Atlanta United. Atlanta United came out and said he is definitely not coming to us, but that doesn't matter. Everyone says that before you sign him. Um, but yeah, and he was actually photographed with um, Abila down in Florida together. So maybe he's... Actually going to Inter Miami? Maybe they just like Florida. Maybe Avila is going to Inter Miami. Uh, I think maybe Avila shipped a guy just to get some time away to visit his good old buddy down in Florida. There are two two parts to this. One is Carlos Tevez is never coming to Minnesota. Um, that is not the type of move Minnesota has ever tried to make, other than the time when they almost a hair away from signing Eider Gudjonsson in the NASL era. Um, but um, yeah, Tevez is not. Why would they do that? They already have two strikers in, you know, they like, and then you spend a, that money on, on it, it would make no sense. Um, and if he goes to Inter Miami, oh my God, do I want that to happen? First of all, I love Carlos Tevez. Second of all, I love Inter Miami failure. And those two things mm -hmm. would be amazing. So, uh, yeah, please do it. Make it happen, uh, Gary. So, Minnesota went to Colorado Rapids midweek. They, um, let's start with this. Three of the four back line, and definitely the three of the best of the back four line. <laughs> the good uh, ones. Debassi, Boxall, and Metonier were all out. Uh, Metonier uh, was back in France, finishing getting his green card. Um, Debassi and Boxall both picked up niggles during the week. Although it sounds like Box is a bit more serious and he might be missing out on going to the Olympics. Yes. He, he, I think he that, is. That he, yeah. is, he is. They, Officially? They, they've said that he's yeah. not going. And then, so we had in, in their place, Yuka, Brent, and DJ starting. And then you had Lud and Gregush are back from uh, 
Euro, uh, the Euros, sorry, Europa League, Euro, um, whatever, yeah. couldn't get my yeah. brain there. And Ozzy was back starting. And otherwise, it was normal, right? Yeah, we had Babylon, we yep. had uh, Frank Payne, and we had uh, Unu. Oh, no. So um, let me start by, by saying this, that everyone was terrible. 2-0 was one of the worst uh, Minnesota United uh, losses up there. I think my ranking is, I don't know what your, your worst games ever were, but there was a nil-nil stinker in the heat in the middle of the summer, that first Houston, MLS season Houston against, against Houston. Houston. There was the second year, a 1-0 loss to Atlanta at home. Yes. Where they went down to 10 men in the 30th minute or so. And then we managed, I believe, 11 passes into the box the next 60 minutes. Uh, there's, I mean, there was also the... God, it was one of the first couple matches of 2017 where... We went to New England. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, there was, we're there just was happy a, to be here. There were, and we were missing players because it's an international break and we're still playing during it. And yeah, I can't, we but I lost can't like, what, like five. Uh, Demidov gave up a penalty. Yeah. Uh, I, I know for sure. It was it was bad. That was one of the, that was one of the, yeah, that's up there on my list. But we did score two times. We did. And I, rem- I distinctly remember we, we scored, uh, they scored every, um, 10 minute increment. Yeah. And so when in like the 60th minute, there was a 10 minute increment where they didn't score and we were at Lake Monster. And I remember being like, hey, guys, we got 10 <laughs> minutes. Give me up a goal. So uh, congratulations uh, to that. Any, do you have any other nominees for Worst Game? Uh, I mean, there's also the, um, the Seattle match at TCF Bank Stadium. Where it was, Rui Diaz um, gets that that that. No, but like, more importantly, it was. Um, oh, what was his name? Um, a- Angelo's debut. Oh, and it also happened to be uh, the last time Christian Ramirez was, was with us, mm. and he just was on the sideline, never played. Angelo terrible, and we gave up two late goals. Yes, and we were lost. Winning. We were up. We were up by a goal. And we gave up two very late goals. One at one at the end of stoppage time. Yep. And it was like on and a, it was was it Dempsey or no? No, it was Rui Diaz. It was, who Rui, got, Diaz, who, it was Rui Diaz first season. Oh, but yeah, yeah, and I just yeah, it was it was it was bad because it was, was at bad. the it was right in front of the sports section. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then then also someone threw started throwing cans then, and then it all got uh, all kinds of messy. Yeah, and not like Ooh. the good kind of goat messy, like yeah. the yeah, not fun messy. Any other good nominees of of? Shitty times. Yeah. All right. I mean, well, I mean, it feels like every Colorado game is just shitty. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's Other, always uh, a red card. Except for last year, we had a we had a brief game without a red card. There was it was the play wasn't it the playoff match. Yeah, we we did pretty I mean, well. We, we did, like, we, yeah, we I mean, won like three nothing. Yeah, but match. it's actually... it's COVID year anyway. Yeah. So, um, then let me ask about this. Every player was bad. Was there anyone who was not terrible? Like not garbage. Not not to the to the eye test, and I know that like you've you before we started taping, you talked briefly about some stats that you looked up. To the eye test, and the way that they were playing, body language, all this stuff, like I didn't think anybody looked good. Like I thought Grey Goose didn't look great. I thought Grey Goose was terrible. I thought yeah. that I thought that like the way that he was turning things over, he looks like a Great Dane puppy who's figuring out how to walk. And you know, <laughs> like a, a newborn Clifford. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> Before just, you go straight on, out of the on who was bad though, because I have a garbage yeah. pile power rankings I want to get through, Great. and I don't want to um, make make all of our and, jokes. Any, anybody good? I mean, Brent um, looked okay. Brent, yeah, yeah, yeah I was Tyler say, looked okay. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't I, think Rytala looked 
Ta- uh, for filling in, he looked okay. That I think that I think I think I think Brent looked okay. I think Tyler looked okay given what he had in front of him. Um, I thought, yeah, nobody else looked. Nico Hansen looked okay when he came on. Yeah, but oh, I don't even remember. Like, there's a thing like Jacory Hayes looked okay. No, Jacory Hayes only came on for two minutes. Yeah, yeah. so but you're asking. Like, I'm trying. Look, look, Dude, look silver lining. Daddy's get. Daddy's going grasping for straws. But, right no, like, even, but going back to like, the Nico Hansen thing, like. We had zero shots on goal in the second half. So yeah. any of the offensive subs yeah. we had, they were all garbage so, too. Like yeah. everyone. Because let, let's go back to this. We made all the changes in the back line, and our back line was not the problem. The midfield was intense horse shit. And I, I want to go through the garbage pile power rankings. Uh, I've, I've never done the garbage pile power rankings before, but um, you have Wanchope uh, who comes in in the 65th minute and in the 85th minute he gets a red card for uh for trying to jab his fingers uh trying to fish try, try to rib. try to like knuckle shiv somebody yeah. like i mean i respect that the man knows how to shiv and it was pretty it was pretty subtle. subtle uh so wait it, what well what, you, had to, subtle. you had to have the, the when you have to have the zapruder film yeah. To show that you did something wrong that I think But that, still, like, the only reason is, is deserving of a red card is because you got caught. Like, if... if no... Oh, yeah, like... Well, yeah. It, but like, it's, if the camera angle was anything, it was obscured in any I other mean, way. I mean, he wound up and punched. Like, he... It wasn't he didn't wind no, up. No, no, no. He, he it was, was a, like a... He was static. Zowie. It was like... It was a, yeah. yeah, there we go. Like, he no. had his kinetic energy just built yeah. up from his neck, from yep. his... From his like dad Fucking, cap uh, all the way from his crock from go. his dad cap to his Crocs, it was yeah. just yeah. like jacked, ready for this moment. He keeps like a, a, a like a electric ground or something. Some it's like a, it's like an in Inspector his, Gadget his, thing. Yeah. Actually, that's his hat. That's yeah. why he's he has Inspector, the floppy hat. Inspector Gadget. Inspector one. So so we have Abila. He's a nominee. Yeah. Greg Ush looked like he was still in Europe. He was. Probably my worst player of this game. Um, I 100% agreed. Only incomparable or only possibly with Ozzy, who looked like he aged 20 years since last year. He, The two of them uh, were, were just useless at mopping anything up. Um, the thing is they kept possession well. I was looking at their stats and like Ozzy connected 96% of his passes. None of them did a single thing. <laughs> uh, Babylo, I will say, also was pretty... Fucking garbage. Oh, he created yeah. nothing, and he like lost the la- ball. Lost the ball for the second. Well, there were goal, like, like during the game, and I was seeing. Uh, I forget who who tweeted it, but someone was like, "Oh yeah, I remember when like the Boca fans when he was coming here were like, don't worry, there will be matches where he just won't show up.' Yeah, and it's like, oh yeah, this is this is this is one of them. So I don't want to go through the two goals yet. Um, you, you you can do that. Who is the who's the top of the garbage pile? Power rankings here. Or are there any other nominees I missed? Uh, Fragapane was completely like incognito. He was hidden behind his white sheet, and like the uh, Chase, well, he's only he's only like five foot even, so yeah. it's like you know Chase. Uh, it's a twin I, I thought it was sheet. like no, it's a, it's pretty, for a crib. That was it's, like, it's, it's a crib like, mattress like, oh size God. sheet actually. Yeah. yeah, with with holes cut in the uh-huh. eyes. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Chase was um, pretty ignorable most of the game. Except for when he, uh, uh, except you know. for the first first goal, where he he definitely did not. Yeah, play. I 
I my worst again the the problems are the midfield and it it relies on Ozzy and Gregush and I think if you had somebody if you had a Will Trap in there or a Dotson instead of Gregush for the duration of the match but I think I think it's it's like it's a compounding thing where it's the two of them were actually the problem the sum like the sum was less than their parts like it the two of them combined is the reason that the midfield collapsed as much as it did. Speaking of the sum of their parts, we got Rodrigo. <laughs> <laughs> right, That's go. actually really good. That's a, good That's a really good intro. There we go. Uh, Rodrigo Sanchez Chevrolet has joined us. Uh, we've been going like, a little bit. It's, it's like Voltron, and I just happened to be the head, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm, I'm. I mean, I don't know which parts we are. We need a fifth part for the Voltron, right? Someone's got to be the head. Both of your cats. Yeah. Both of your cats. Yeah. Um, All right. Uh, Rodrigo, we were talking about the garbage pile. Um, I I guess I want to say, like, I I thought, um, particularly with the, um, was it the first or second goal that Gregush really was? Oh, all right. The first goal was Lude being lazy. He loses possession. Ozzy is completely bypassed. He's, He's neither put pressure on the, on the, the player, uh, the team that has the ball, nor is he actually blocking a lane. So he's out of the picture. Then he doesn't track back. Gregush, who's about in the same area, tracks back. Then once he's back there, he puts no pressure. He doesn't step to anyone. He's just a body. And then Galvan, who's one-on-one with Chase, um, outdoes Chase and uh, gets him. You know, Chase obviously is the last one who's beat him and Tyler, of course. But I put this way less on Chase in that it was three on four, it became three on five, and they just completely outdid us. No one looked like they wanted to prevent a goal. Yeah. And then their heads were dropped immediately. And guys, it's the first half, you're down one nil. So yeah. I, I'm putting Ozzy and Gregush, I, I can't tell, uh, but they were, they were both garbage. Yeah, it just kind of demonstrates... How sneaky good Will Trap is, and how much we need him to connect our defense to our offense and be the one who can like spread the balls out and get that. Because one thing that I noticed with Ozzy is that when he does make a stop, he does make a pass, but his pass isn't something that just breaks the offense out. It's just kind of just a pass to you know someone on the side, and then maybe they can pass it back. It goes to the center. Which back. wasn't the case before. Ozzy was was right. very good at that. He, well, Ozzy's packing his stats. That's what he's doing. You know? Yeah, I don't know, but like, but it just demonstrates how good like Will Trap is on being very quick with that initial outlet pass that springs the offense and kind of goes not even on the counter, but just so that they're attacking and have something to do. And it allows so the defense, the opposing defense doesn't have time to just get back, defend, and shut down whatever attack is coming at it. And, and this is funny because Mark and I have had similar conversation in the beginning of last year when Reynoso came. We were like, what is Gregush going to do? Well, now with Will Trap, what does Ozzy really do now in a sense, right? Because we have someone who can, who can control the ball and make passes into the attacking third. And then Ozzy is not the defender he used to be, so he's not going to track. And I feel that he's trying to be more of a an attacking midfielder than he is a defensive one. And so then we get sucked into, well, if Ozzy is not willing to play defense in some sort of sense, and 
who else do we have as an option to be able to do that besides him? And I think that's that's the conversation that is missing from this um, from this team. Is like Will Trap was supposed to be our six in a sense, right? Kind of take over, and specifically now that Ozzy is unfortunately on a decline in the aspect of not only talent but just overall play, um, has not been very productive. And so then you then you have to think who is who's the next person that you want to be put that in there and the only person that i keep thinking is 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 jacory hayes is the only person that can be in there but then it becomes who's who's going to get most of that playing time and when are you gonna and when are you going to play ozzy because as we've said in previous pod episodes it's like ozzy's only been successful this this year in that portland game yeah. when he's come in he doesn't come in and, and he's no longer a sure bet to secure a lead and so we need to figure out where we can find that or find someone who at least can help us with that. So it reminds me, remember when we start this season started, Will Trap we thought was going to fill this Aussie role, right? And we're terrible in the first few games and we're all remarking, why is Will Trap so far up, right? We need Will Trap to to stay back and hold back. Heath who loves this podcast, listens to it a lot, sends me a lot of really positive feedback. Gives us like so, 300 bucks a month on the Patreon. It's yeah, and it's, yeah, it's wild. And, it, and his notes pound, are so pound, helpful, pound, too. Yeah, sometimes Sorry. he's like, look, you, you pronounce this name wrong or, or other things, but he is, he's really, hey, really supportive. be honest, they're always directed at me. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. Actually, someone, someone did comment to me in the bar once. They are like... And Mark really can't get this. <laughs> like, That's yeah, true, man. I know. I was like, he'll even write himself notes and then he'll stop saying names once he sees the notes. <laughs> I get so nervous about it. I so make anyway, my, I, Adrian yeah. Heath loves this podcast. Then he moves, uh, he listens to us because we're tactical fucking geniuses. That's he true, moves, baby. And he keeps Will Trap home. Now, we, we are better than Chile. That's what uh, I'm saying. Uh, Ozzy Alonso comes in and he's playing the Will Trap of the first three or four games moving up. And that's that's the funny thing where it's like, who's going to play that Aussie role? Well, Aussie isn't even playing that Aussie role. Will Trap was, and he's been doing again. I don't want to inflate what Will Trap does. Will Trap is a B plus player, I think. Yeah. Times he's a B minus. Mm-hmm. Times he's like a you know B plus is his. But his con- his consistency, he might be the most consistent player on the team this year. Yeah, he's he's had very few other than those first three games, right, where it was distinctly a different role. Yeah. And so I, I think you look at this game and you think you've got all these players back who are from Europe. They looked tired and yeah. were playing a midweek game. Lud, we didn't say much about, but he, I, you know, now with my newfound love of Lud, like I wanted him to be there. He was, uh, he was not particularly good. But I, I think in particular, we've talked about that central midfield role a lot. We have Trap, Jacory, and Dotson, who are all not perfect. Gregush and Ozzy are not doing it right now. No. And I think Jacory, uh, Jacory Trap and Dotson are the way you have to look forward with, with this team. And, and, and how much of it, the, the question is, how much of it is a new back line? So, you're, you know, you're, you know you're going to bring in Robin Lud and put him on the right. Is he more comfortable to, or does, does our management think that he will be more comfortable with Gregouche and uh, Ozzy in the midfield, like is that combination part of the equation? Is it purely rotation? Because it feels like it's a little bit of everything. But yeah, I just 
I don't I don't know what the the reasoning is to bring in those players because he talked about like uh, you know if uh, oh yeah. Mm. <laughs> I'm listening. I no, no, no. I know you're listening. You guys, I, I thought you were at home. You're I thought you were washing dishes. You're doing things. There's like, there's t- that, that's. I can't I believe that you, somebody just cracked open that beer at that person's house. Who's I thought you were going to come back with a pickle. Keep going. Anyway, so that's another point of discussion. So, I mean, Heath himself was like, always talks about you play yourself into the starting lineup. Why would he make this many wholesale changes? If he believes in not changing what's broken. Oh my god. Freaking pickle. Oh. Pickle dad also, over here. Also, is that like a Costco like size like drink the juice? Pickle drink jar? the juice. My kids eat so many pickles, man. You gotta get you gotta oh, get man. pickles by those. By here's here's the here's the thing that we need to we need to kind of talk about in a yeah. sense of the aspect of like um we knew that we started our, 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 our starting four defense was not the strongest. Correct. Uh, we didn't. We, I, we we could see where the reason why Woodtrap needed to get rested. Yeah. But we could. I, I could not see why we couldn't infuse the sense of urgency in this team. Yeah. And that was one of the last the things that at the beginning of the season when we were on a five, six, seven, eight, ten million losing streak. Was that there's no lack of ur- there is a lack of urgency from this team yeah. to even move the ball forward, right, or to find spaces, and Colorado always kills us with Barrios has always killed us wherever we go, and I think Barrios was a, was was a, was a game changer in the aspect of like always being open and always being able to make that extra pass, and he was instrumental. But we just couldn't figure out. Why there was no so sense of urgency to get the ball forward or move or create space or move to space. And I get that playing in Colorado, the altitude, all that stuff, but everyone has to suffer with it suffer yeah. with it. But we have actually a uh, we have we have the numbers and we have the players that you can use, right? I mean I mean we we've we've we could have given someone else a different opportunity. You could have given the younger kids, play the kids. You could have you could you could have called back uh, maybe not um, some more defensive players are out on loan. I mean it it, it could have been a, a chance to give the younger kids an opportunity to play and see if they can compete for a starting spot. No, and what really surprised me too was when I first saw the lineup come out with like how just drastically changed our back line was. I was like, oh man, this is going to be like. A five-four match, and I don't know which way it's going to go, but it's going to be a t- just a ton of goals. And what was the most disappointing was that like we've been waiting forever to have our best uh, front four available, and I think, th- and this is the first match. Of yeah. the whole season where we've, we've had, had Lude with, with Fregapani. Yeah, yeah Lude, Fregapani, yep. the, the whole deal. And the thing is, we only had seven shots the entire match. Only two of those were on goal. And in the first half, we had six shots with two on goal, which meant in the second half, we had one shot that was not on goal for the entire half. And our, our front four was just awful. And, and I, I want to then say, like, we've been talking about the individual garbage pile, and the, the whole thing is that everyone was bad here. 
Right? They, this was a terrible team effort. They were not motivated. They didn't look upset by by giving up those goals. They right. looked. But 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 who who gets you? Who boring. prepares you for a game? Yeah. Right? I mean, well, it, yeah. it, 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 it backs to 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 who's in charge of doing that. And I think that's 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 the accountability aspect of it. That we need to be able to say, hey, I did a bad job. Didn't prepare my guys to be able to do that. We needed points. I couldn't. I couldn't figure something else out. And that's it. But we're never going to see that. So. Um, so uh, let me just walk through this last goal, the second goal here. The there's a garbage pass from Reynoso in our own half, back into our own th- uh, defending third, and and then Shinyasiki, uh Passes the ball. He basically is trying to do a give and go, but he just passes around and then literally runs around three Loons players. Just chases his own pass. Those three players were beaten to the ball by a guy who just ran past them. He picks it up and then Chip Miller. It was, that was, when we talk about a team that was not there to play, that was emblematic. That was, the, the, they were just. There's, there's nothing else to say bored. about it. It's just, it's, it, Call it a mishit pass or call it an in, you know well, uh, an incomplete pass, but he was still able to get to his own ball. Right. And and Chip Miller like that's had, a, it's he a had breakdown. The urgency to get to the ball. Hundred percent. Also, 100%. does he get the assist on that? Oh my god, that'd be great. It actually counts as two goals for Wait, him. Wait, did anyone start Shinisiki and their squad and their fantasy, or is that over now? I, no. I give up by the third uh, I, week. At some been, point, that, where that I was like, someone is playing, and they're like, I'm kicking ass. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so look, Minnesota is still 1.25 uh, goals or points per game. It's still not the end of the world. Um, I, I, but I think I think a game a, a game like this is a big reminder that you always have to motivate your players. You have to get them out there to fight right. all the time, and you also have to to rotate them so you're not getting injuries, and so that you have players who are working within form. And also, you know, it's stupid to say, but the lack of subs is dumb. It's so dumb. you have a garbage, pure garbage game for 75 minutes, and we said like the subs didn't make that much of a difference. Sure, but like, you can't find any way to get anyone out there to, to fight. If you, if you can see how slow they're moving, yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the thing the thing that it's, I think we expected this loss or performance like this sooner rather than later. Given our form, how we would drop off. The thing is, like, the rest of the middle of the West isn't performing that well either, and so that's why I'm not terribly worried about points per game, playoff stats. Somebody, as long as we get to the end of the season, we're moving. We have yeah, to figure out yeah. these these things right. cannot happen. But yeah, the yeah. tricky part is that, I mean, look who we're dropping points against. We're dropping points against Dallas, San Jose, Colorado. Should we should have at least gotten one point on Colorado? But every, and, and so if you drop the points early in the season, suddenly, if you drop points against San Jose at home, you need to make up points against somebody better at home and. We're playing Seattle coming up, and what and are the Portland. of that happening? And Portland, at Portland's going to want want revenge. And the thing is, this what this is going to be an interesting year to look back on when it does finish, because we're mostly only playing inside of our own conference, other than DC. And so, how that typical argument of when you lose points, when you drop points at the beginning of the season, versus who you do or do not pick up points against, does it? 
does it matter in a different way than it typically does because there's fewer interconference play? I mean, but here's the thing. Also, keep in mind, we haven't played a single LA team yet. We we have a very hard schedule coming up. Still, like we've yeah. dropped points. Right. Yeah. The beginning of the season, season was very kind to us. Right. right. We didn't make And it. Houston is looking better than expected. Like they're still not great, but we're not looking yeah. great either. And so like even the what should be easier games coming up are gonna be very hard games. And, and we've just set ourselves up in a very poor place right now. And that's what we talked about at the beginning of the season was like, what is the stretch of games that's going to be like it's gonna test us? And then it was this week. We talked about Colorado. We talked about Seattle. We talked about Portland. That we would be extremely tested, and we're in a situation where, like, we're facing a Seattle team that's unbeaten. Unbeaten. Uh, we're 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 facing a Raul Ruiz Diaz who just seems to want to want the the, the golden boot this year. And um, do you think he just, do you think wants, he, he just do think wants to do do good by his dad, Rodrigo? Do you think he's watching for the Golden Boot? No, I I've disowned him and I, I adopted Gianluca <laughs> Lapadula. That's what no. I've done. I've adopted Gian, Gianluca. So we're, we we we, Wait, we, we clap thought... we clap we clap for all Rui Diaz, but it's what you've done at the Copa America for me lately, kind of thing. <laughs> that that oh, because he didn't make the team, right? What he didn't make the team, right? No, he he. I think there was a competition between Seattle and and uh, it it we we can get. Off topic, later, yeah. off Patreon content. But regardless, uh, I just I, it's, it's, this is a tough stretch. Specifically mm-hmm. now that we have a Portland coming in after this, and it's going to be, I'm not saying it's going to be a blood sport match, but if it is, if there aren't a couple of one inch punches in this, yeah, in this or game, a couple it's bloody ankles. To... Well, let's talk about this Sunday. We've got one p.m. It's the the I think the only the only day midday. Game. Yeah, yeah. 1 p.m. game against Seattle, who are absolutely rolling. There's going to be about 40 Seattle fans that who, who reached out to the bar, and, and I was like, yeah, if you're not assholes, then please come to the bar. We're going to open up at 10. Um, I think I'm going to have a food truck because our kitchen, I'm pretty much done with pretending it can even keep up, so I think we'll just close the kitchen and just have Ooh. a food truck. What food truck are you going to have? I don't know. I, getting them on a week notice. I'm working. That's my project this week, I, among 30 other projects. Uh, and and putting they're putting new wallpaper up in the back room. Ooh. So, um, yeah, that's the just so you know, we open at 10, come to the bar. Um, and then afterwards that afternoon, there is a, uh, after the game is, uh, is U.S. versus not Martinique. We play Martinique yes. on Thursday. No, Canada. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Blame Canada. All right. Yes. So, anyway, it'll be an afternoon of, of uh, fun. Um, if Boxall is not going to the Olympics uh, because of an injury, we might not have him this week. Uh, we, we don't know if Metnir is back, yeah? And we don't know if Debassi is training. But you know, without them, we are screwed. Yeah. 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 Or um, our magical summer signing. Who's going to yeah. come in with like three days notice? Yeah. 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 I, I think um, it's, 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 a, you know how like in the Euros, like the best player was the own goal? Yeah. Right? Like this year, the best player has been the paperwork for our team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like how many times did the raised. paperwork scoot us over into the aspect of having someone accessible and do that kind of stuff? Yeah, that, that, this is this is the thing that if Boxel's injury is big enough to keep him out of the Olympics, he's not playing this weekend. Do you, do you ever had a pull groin? Yeah. 
You know it how sucks. long? Yeah, it sucks. It, it sucks. sucks. Like I'm not in shape, and I'd be out two weeks <laughs> from just walking. Yeah, just, just walking. Right? <laughs> just like, getting up from the couch. Yeah, like, uh, I, am. I, I, I played a, a kids versus parents game. Like one of my last few, and I and one of my own kids kicked me on my calf, and that was like four days ago, and I still walk with a limp. Yeah. So like, well, you know, it's Boxo is like, if he's not. You know, like he gets that, punched in the face every single day like, with so his like, coffee. Like, but the the the, I don't really have much to say about what we need to do for Seattle, other than you you got to fix the midfield. I think you're gonna see Trap. I think you're gonna see Dotson. Um, do, do you think we still stick with the four two three one? I could see us going back to a four three three to play a, a slightly lower block against. You know Seattle. what I want to see? The four four two. No. Or, Oh, a six three one three five two. No, seven seven seven. Eight eight six seven five three zero nine. No, 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 no. I want to see a four five one. Oh, I could see that. Well, what, what would I mean? What What do you mean? How would it, What would it look like? Well, I mean, pick your have, back your back line du jour, whoever's right, available, right, yeah. whoever's then, available, yeah. and then you'd have your midfielders, right? And you have, um, and you can pick whoever you want. I mean, you want a Dotson, you want a trap. You want a Reynoso who's out there. You want a Fragapane. That's four, right? Yeah. And you, and then you want a loot, and then you put a new up top, and then isn't that just four two three one? But they're four, just five, playing deeper. Everyone's yeah. just a four five one. No, it's four two three one is different, right? I mean, uh, four five one. Because there's different. no there's no double pivot. Anyway, if Debasi and Metinair are here and healthy, they absolutely have to play. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back and we're going to talk about the future of Minnesota United. the podcast with some twitter questions but really we just have a few mark Pravatsky wants to know uh is adrian heath the heath bar of managers what's in the heath bar heath bar is toffee toffee it's awesome i mean that makes sense because oh, it's because it's everton it. but like uh but is that like a churro but, stuff with uh like caramel definitely not no churros better right I don't know. I mean, Heath Bar is, I think... Yeah, I mean, Churro's definitely better. Toffee, in general, is a, a very yeah. tasty treat. It does make for a... You have to appreciate a crunchy candy bar because it does make it a little bit more crunchy than a normal candy bar. Yeah. It's, um, what's the candy bar that has except no substitutes as a uh, as a, a tagline? I think Snickers? That's... that's uh, except, except no, no substitutes. <laughs> Who can Google it faster? Chocolate menu. What the hell is that? Candy bar. Add candy bar. Oh my god, we're, we're really googling candy bars. Yeah, yeah. This, this is the stuff that people. I mean, are, I like crunch bars. I mean, I feel like he's more of like that orange candy bar that like looks like an orange. You have to like hmm. slam oh, it on that the table. Trash. Is that the Butterfinger? Exactly. Orange, orange and chocolate. In that, and that is it's trash. that's what I'm saying. It's absolute trash. I think that's Except what he is. no substitutes. All right, I don't. I, I think I made it up. Regardless, uh, there I can be I only think one. That, that would be a really good uh, name for Heath Bar, uh, for Heath Out Bar. Um, every year, there's a couple who live in this neighborhood who Minnesota United fans, Janice and Squid, and they uh, drop off. They manually write in out on little Heath bars. <laughs> so they and they drop off Heath out bars at my house or at the bar for me. So I'm looking I up love uh, Heath bars. I'm, great. I'm reading I just pulled up a listicle of the 19 candy bars to always leave on the grocery store shelves and a listicle? Uh, yeah, and a Heath bar is is one of them. That's not right. 
Almond Joy, yeah. Almond yeah, yeah. Joy are the worst. Ooh, whatchamacallit? I heard that's a hard decision. Almond Joy are the, are the worst? Almond oh, Joy are the worst. Yes, they're Whatchamacallits, though. Those things are great. But, I mean, but, all eating anything that's like uh, got coconut, coconut in like yeah. candy bar is like, oh, great. Look at, hey, I got this great candy bar. You bite it, you're like, oh, it's full of hair. The consistency is just <laughs> awful and disgusting. And yeah. it's like eating hair. It's the no. cilantro of the candy world. It's, yeah. I mean, if oh. I had a sad life, I would also feel the same. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, maybe you just like to eat hair in hopes that it'll bring some back. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. It'll come oh, for you, too, wow. my friend. I have a beautiful hairline oh, right now. I'm, I'm 40. It's, it's going to stay great. All right. Uh, here's some big news. Chris Wright has announced that he is stepping down as the president of Minnesota United FC. He came in after Nick Rogers uh, left. And um, there's two questions that we have here. Um, MJ asks, what are your highlights and lowlights of Chris Wright's Minnesota United FC tenure? He says, mine is admitting years one and two of the three-year plan was a cold open. That does not seem like a highlight, by the way. Um, and then lo- the low light is passing grades given to Manny Lagos and Adrian Heath. I think we can go. I think we can go even heavier hitting on these. But do you have? Uh, how, how do you want to look back at Chris Wright's tenure? My personal highlight was as I was advocating for five dollar hams tall boys at the stadium. Uh, somehow Chris Wright started following me on it and said, that's, and like, liked it. I was like, oh, I'm in, I'm in. We still don't have $5. That's it. Ham's watch confirmed. Yep. Uh, I mean, all of the, the operational lowlights, I think one of my favorites was watching the, the women's world cup final at Allianz field on the ultra wide, uh, big screen. And then all of their TVs and the big screen went down right before Megan Rapinoe's right. goal. And then so everybody had to watch it on their phone. And he, and he yeah. was there like, look, at, thank you for coming here and watching the game. And then everything shut down. Yeah. And it was like, oh, okay, you guys. I, I will say that um, at the last uh, home game, I didn't mention this on the podcast last time, uh, but uh, I, I saw him in the concourse and I, I said hi and we were chatting for a bit and he he looked amazingly tan. The guy has been out in the sun. Um, and he said, um, oh, I'm sorry I couldn't, uh, sorry we couldn't get Matthew there uh, after the Austin games. And I was like, oh, Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> <laughs> and he had, or he, first of all, he asked me about my, my vacation to Maine. And I was like, man, he listens oh, wow. to the podcast. To the you podcast. definitely know he follows me on Twitter. And oh. I was like, man, you should definitely not follow me on Twitter. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, um, and then he like, he was like, oh yeah, I know. Uh, we'll, we'll get Matthew there if we get like in a playoff game. Cause he doesn't travel to all these games, yeah. obviously. And so he's um, not their mascot. Yeah. He's just like, well, I, I mean, he kind of, he's the kind the of is. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, I just, I really loved the idea that Chris Wright had seen this and was like, Oh yeah, we we should do that. That that actually would be good because I know that um, mo- I'm pretty sure Chris Wright actually hates me, and most of those people do. But but Chris Wright, right, it, at least can recognize a like good uh, marketing opportunity of getting <laughs> getting getting uh, McConaughey yeah, to the. I'm, I'm drag trying show. to I'm trying to think of what I think for me would be like more like um, when um, the people that I knew were considered to be community liaisons ended up just being more of just ticket 
extra ticket people like selling tickets and not really doing community work out there or at least liaison work or outreach work and I think that was the thing that really like got me going and angry about a bunch of other stuff that Minnesota United was doing at that time and then and like the whole like community funding thing that they have where like they're putting money in there but it just sits there wait what is like that what what fund are they putting money that sits no like the they were supposed to have a fund for like community outreach aspect of it, and apparently oh. they, it it no one knows if there's money in it or if there's not money in it or if there's a plan for doing that, and you know, and I've I've yet to hear of any um, outreach or ambassador type of thing that Ozzy is going to do yet, uh, and it'd be nice to get some sort of you know um, clearance on that, specifically with the situation that's going on in Cuba at the moment, so. So, uh, you know, we can talk about the sporting and then the non-sporting. Obviously, we all care about the non-sporting quite a lot. We also obviously care about the sporting. Saying, talking about the sporting side, we have a, a situation where um, I think you've got a pretty awkward um, organizational structure where the person who you would think would be in charge, Mark Watson, actually reports to Adrian Heath, which is a very odd thing. Um, so we, we don't have a, a real distinct person who is, I think, setting a long-term vision who, you know, these are the types of people who are at the club for 15 years and they will set this long-term vision and bring in people, etc. Um, that, that's been one problem. Uh, you also have then on the non-sporting side, I, I, I look at the lowlights. I think the highlight is they got that stadium open. It is gorgeous. Right. The stadium's gorgeous. It, yeah. it, um, th- there were so few like um, problems with it. Like, yeah. okay, yeah, you know, the concourses and like some of the food. The other day I was watching Chef Alex uh, of Alma Restaurants, a James Beard award-winning restaurateur at the Brasa stand, uh, unable to serve anyone because the, the POS system had dropped down. It's an amazingly weird thing to watch. Um, you know, you have so few of those things yeah. that I think that that has been a, a huge success. Um, you and, and, and that and that to me is is part of the highlight for me as somebody who's very type A workflow based person. It's like mm-hmm. operationally, yeah. It, it, is that why he was brought in to make sure like you, you were dealing with all of these things with TCF renting TCF and building a new stadium and making sure that all of these timelines getting are sponsorships. Yeah. Those are the real right. things that, that yeah. yeah. Where it's like, and it's all of these timelines. You're, he's essentially a project manager for the team. And I, I, I could say on that level, he was successful, mm-hmm. but then there's all the other sporting stuff. And the and the non-sporting things that I, I think, well, we're going to transition to this a little bit more, and I'll say more. But um, I think one of the real problems is we had a a real. This has been a year, not not just COVID, but particularly in Minneapolis. We've talked about it many times. the The level uh, in in which we were the epicenter of uprisings, responding to long, long term racism in our cities everywhere but particularly here we have a team that has an opportunity to we have a we've got black leaders on in this club uh in on the team who are there 
who want to, to, to lead. We have a whole lot of fans who, whether they are uh, white, black, whatever, want to make this club work for something good and make it make be work on that. And the team uh, definitely dropped the ball. You know, I, I talked to Bill McGuire about that in my interview, and I was disappointed in his response of, of, of saying, essentially, I think we're doing pretty good. Well, none of the business, none of the people who have leadership at the club are people of color. They, they, they do have people who work there. I don't want to erase the, the diversity that they have in there. But no one in a, positions of authority is people of color. Most of them are men. And that, that is a problem. That comes from, uh, you know, I've, I've brought it up to Bill. Um, I, and the next question here, and you can respond to something else, I guess. But I was going to also say, if you're part of a search committee for a new CEO, what background experiences, skills would you be looking for? And I'll, I'll say it does not have to be a person of color. I certainly would really want them to try extremely hard to do that. But it needs to be someone who can do better than what, what I think was done. And I don't want to lay it all on Chris Wright. There's a lot of ways in which the culture of that team is built. But I think they failed on, the, on, that, on that end. I mean, it's there needs to be a, a get angry Hulk. There needs to there needs to that's my secret cap. I'm always angry. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, Come on, Banner. Uh, it, it's got to be a focus shift. I think this is a, this is going to be a good inflection point for the team. We are celebrating our fifth year in MLS. We've had the stadium now for this is what a technically our second season with fans. Um, we have a pretty deep squad in terms of talent and depth. Make of that what you will from the sporting perspective. You've got this weird sporting hierarchy with Adrian Heath, but I think that the shift needs to go away from the three-year plan, the TCF to Allianz Field, the operational aspect. Like The stakes are in the ground. Our roots are going deep. We are part of the community. What is the shift that you need to make now with this hire to dig into that stuff? Like, we know that we're a foundation of the sporting community in the Twin Cities. Now it's time to really focus on the community outreach, the building, the like, put your money where your mouth is. Like, you know, do you need to let people go on the team or on the in the staffing? Is what kind of staff turnover is there going to be? What kind of power does the CEO going to have to to allow for that diversity? To allow for to to bring up all of these other voices that we're talking about. What does that look like? What kind of person is that? This is a good point. This is a, an inflection point to really change that from the business perspective of the team, not just purely operational or sporting. Does it have to be a soccer person? Do you think that? In a- no, I mean like. Chris Wright wasn't even really a soccer person. I mean, if you look at his background, he was a basketball yeah. uh, executive. Like, that's what he... I mean, he came through the Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh uh, world of, of soccer. Yeah, but I mean, so, like, yeah. he spent 20 years... Like, no one comes from Pittsburgh and gets to run the Lynx or the Timberwolves. You yeah. work your way through the basketball. So, like, it's just someone but, who can work their way through... Who's worked their way through it and has the background to... 
put up or shut up. Basically, is what we're at a, that point now. And hopefully they're taking this hire very, very seriously because it is a very... Well, I, mean, and it's, and it's also, I think there's no doubt they are. But, oh, I know yeah. that. But like, it's also but. a very... Like Corey said, like we're at a we're at a point now where you can pivot. We're like we're comfortable at Allianz Field. Yeah, you've got everyone. Yeah. Everyone can pretty much agree, like whether that who has been Allianz Field that like it's a great experience. That's covered. Now you can pivot and focus on where you were lacking, and that's going to be the key but part. About there this. are a few people out there. Tiz, uh, tiz, Tim Bezbachenko's, um there's Gavin Wilkinson with uh, with the Portland Timbers. There are these guys out there who they are soccer people, and they the they were poached, right? Um, and I do think that there actually are soccer people out there who Chris Wright brings certain thing that will give you gravitas in the market. I personally think that you don't look at trying to imitate other things, and you do you find someone who can create a vision that is unique that other people will find you. You don't have to do what the Timberwolves have done to get their sponsors, to get to feel big. You do whatever you do as a team and people will want to be like Minnesota United. Other sports teams but also the other you can capture those sponsors. So I don't I personally do want a soccer person. Take me a long. I had to like take many pauses here to figure out how to say that properly. That's 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 the beauty of editing. But the, but there, I, I think there. I think there's enough. There's enough overlap in what we're thinking about pivoting toward, which is a little nebulous, and we're it's it's tough for us to put a to name all of those things, um, and that soccer person. I think there is enough overlap where you could find a really good candidate that way. I mean, I, I I love the enthusiasm that you guys have, but I don't I don't follow that. I think it's just going to be stay the course kind of type of thing, fill the stadium, maybe expand it to hey we're going to host more international games that kind of stuff. We're going to be uh, Allianz is going to be an uh, yeah. international mecca in a sense of like where games are going to be played. We're going to be in the the next World Cup or whatever, right? I think that's that's what that's what they're looking for. I don't really think. Personally, I feel that the the sense of investment of, in the aspect of community and outreach and all the other stuff, um, it's extremely cos- cosmetic in my opinion, right? It's just there to be seen in a sense, and I and I agree that you know I'm hoping that they take it seriously and they actually that is the next phase of their of their part to do outreach and to create some sort of co- stronger sense of community within the area. But like I also remember. When like I was helping out people when the the demonstrations and the uprising would happen in St. Paul, where we were going down uh, businesses down University Avenue, and we were putting out flyers that this is a, this is a POC owned business, this is a black owned business, and Allianz had all the freaking cops protecting them from from whatever was going to happen at Target. It would have been nice to be able to just have those cops just make a line all around University Avenue, but that wasn't that wasn't a priority, right? I mean that's. That's my own personal thing. But in addition to that, I, I wanted to bring this up when you were talking about workflow, uh, Corey, because I, I really want to be able to wish we could see what the workflow of this current organization in Minnesota United is like. Because to me, it just feels like it, it'd be one of those, like, what are, what, are those, what are those toys that you, those spindles things that you 
that you that you get your kid to draw on and it draws circles and it draws oh, yeah. whatever. Oh yeah, where it makes it like a yeah, fractal yeah, exactly. or whatever the hell it It'd is. It'd be yeah. one of those things. Is that what the workflow would look like? It's just chaotic. It, 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 it as somebody as somebody who does it for a living, like, and you look at some of the, the some of the the press releases, you look at some of the social media, you look at some of the recap, you look at a bunch of stuff, and it doesn't feel like anything is connected or terribly holistic, um, and it doesn't feel like there's a vision. And part of that comes from your leadership and your CEO. And I don't know if Chris Wright has that, but it, it feels like there's, there is, it's just, it feels like there's chaos in the reporting structure of the company from a business I'll perspective. Say one of my, um, but I, I think Wes is, Wes is right. Is like, I think in, in a sense is like, uh, Chris's job was the launching of Allianz. Yeah. That was his job. 100%. Marketing, all the 100%. other stuff, making sure everything goes well. Sponsorship. And it's successful and, especially, and, and making it a staple in the aspect of like, Minnesota sports, in a sense, right? Like, how many of us have, like, for the longest time before when Minnesota United was playing at Nelly, were, like, tweeting at, like, radio shows, me, like, why don't you guys ever mention soccer? But the fact that you get banned by K-Fan, like myself and all the other folks out on there. Just but, want to point out, it's Nessie. Nelly is... Sully, uh, Nelly. He's no, 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 Nelly is... Yeah, yeah he's, got, he's got Southern grammar, and uh, he's got, like, some uh, well-placed band-aids. What's, what's, uh, what's Nelly's hit song? Uh, to be totally country un- grammar, okay. what, the other one, yeah, um, it's so hot in here. Well, there, but mean, there's, 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 there's Nelly Furtado, which is the fly away. Um, <laughs> oh, the like uh, a bird song, right? yeah. I got, I a, mean, I got a story about her XL well, concert it, sometime. Well, yeah, we're the, off air. The, the thing, the thing that <laughs> the positive, the positive thing about where we're at from Minnesota United as a business, as an organization, is the stadium is looked at as one of the best stadiums in the country. The U.S. men, both the men and the women's national team, will be playing here more often. I mean, the wait list to be a the wait list to be uh, to be a season ticket holder. All of that is proof that something is working. But now it's time, and we have an opportunity to move beyond the business perspective. And uh, and there's always going to be um, improving on that, working with sponsors, blah blah blah, making the the business run great. Those are the things that we particularly don't care about, but obviously they help to make a, a profitable business good for them. The things that we would like to see, one is someone with an, a vision for, for the soccer team. I've asked Bill in every interview I've done with him, who, what, what is this team going to look like? Who's setting that vision? And I think, unfortunately, too often is a little bit too much of Bill. I like him a lot. He's not the person you want to be doing that, right? You want a president who can have that. And then I hope one of the tertiary things is that they will help set a tone that is a little bit better and that helps hire people that are that understand that this the level that of what diversity could do, that there's certain things that have not been unlocked by this team that are being held up by the fact that the supporters groups are so good. The Dark clouds are better than almost every supporters group in the country. And that means that you have people actively, constantly engaging in the offseason to get people interested in this soccer team. Even when most of them, many of them are burned out and like, what the fuck, this team. Like, it's walking this neighborhood with a friend of mine, longtime dark cloud, and they're talking about just like, I, I just don't even want to watch them. I go to the things because dark clouds are there, et cetera. The dark clouds are the most marketable thing that they have. 
they're relying on dark clouds way too much. The dark clouds are a crutch that are keeping, that are, they're a Band-Aid. They're covering over some things. And the team needs to figure out how can we unlock more? Because there's more fans out there. There's more people who can be in, brought in who can absolutely care and make that wait list longer. Because wait list actually has gone down because lots of people drop tickets. Um, and and I, I hope that they can figure out that it is not just a matter of like hiring a person of color or, or, you know, whatever, all these things that those are about finding ways to get more people involved who can think about ways that they are not doing. And there's too many people who think about things in a similar way in that club. And it happens a lot because I know we're not the worst in the, in the least. No. And I talk to other people who've worked for other clubs and it's very similar. The people who are really creative, who are out there, they get driven out and the people who stay are just, Lifer sports dudes who are just fucking. You, you need a you need, people. You need a you need a leader who can identify who those individuals who are in the company and elevate them, and right. give you, and give you want someone who empowers someone. Exactly. Else. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Set tone, empower, however you want to call it. So, I, I hope the team does that. I'm very disappointed or worried. I guess I should say that they said we're hoping to announce in the next month. That means they already have something. That tells yeah. me, yeah, it's Kevin Garnett. It's. Oh my god! I don't know, and and maybe you know there are people in that club who maybe if they took over they they would do better. Put fucking Amos McGee in charge of this club and nah, it'll, I, I it'll would, go. But I mean, I, that's the, this is what Ike's Ike's been up to. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Ike, Ike is taking over. That. He's, oh get, he's getting his MBA so he can be, be the CEO going of the Charlotte. United. Charlotte. We but, all know he's going to. But Charlotte. here's the deal: I I think that we all we all care deeply about this club, and this is this is probably one of the bigger um, things that'll happen, even more than. You know, if if Adrian Heath retired at the end of the season, or if they canned him, right? That's a big decision. I think this uh, the president decision this is, is bigger. a bigger thing. Yeah, I, and I it's agree. something we don't even know. You know, we don't a lot, know a lot of what he does. But so. I think is is that because we all know the potential of so many soccer things that are going on that that are being uh, amplified, right? That there's the opportunity for us to be embedded into it and see this club be embedded into it as well. That are not being taken advantage of, and I think that's 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 another, that's one of the things that drives us in a sense is like we can we can do that. So and hopefully that's what we'll see. All right, my friends, thanks for letting us talk. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being a part of this. Um, thanks for supporting us if you're a Patreon supporter uh, or just listening in general. Um, we will see you sometime soon. There's a Thursday night game in the back room of the bar uh, for the U.S. Uh, because there's a drag show up front. And, um, and then there's uh, both the Minnesota game and then the U.S. game on Sunday that you can come watch. And uh, my friends, it's great to see you all, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.